Finally, radio that was made just for you. Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Us, Lauren Deller, my co-host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Catherine. <laughs> How, How are, are you today? <laughs> I am fine. How are you today? I'm good. I just was we were saying off air, it was sort of a surprise trip, not where I normally am, and here in Rochester, New York, and I should say gray Rochester, New York. Yeah, I, say, I usually say where in the world is Lauren Beller. We were going to start that kind of thing, but you already said it, so you're in Rochester. Well, I am in Cape Cod, and it is gorgeous here. We had a major storm last night. It was like that lightning kind of stuff, and I we were going out for dinner with friends, and do you know you're not really supposed to take a shower in a lightning storm? I did. You're not supposed to be in the bathtub around water. But I had to do it because I, mean, I had been on the beach and I had walked the beach and walked four miles. And believe me, I had to do something with the hair situation. So I kind of jumped in and, and jumped out. I was terrified I was going to get electrocuted. It comes right through the shower head or through the yeah. faucets. Through the water. Through the water that's coming through the faucets. Exactly. Yeah. But so you were risky. I took a risk. I took a huge risk. Um, and so, I mean, I had to look decent. Anyway, we went out for dinner. We had a really good time. And I just want to point out that we do choose um, looking decent over our lives. Do we? Do women do that more than <laughs> Do women do you that more than looking men? Good. You chose looking good over risking your life. Well, I, I can't kind of calculated the odds, and I don't really know the odds. I've gotten struck by lightning before anyway. So, I, uh, oh, so that your odds of getting it again are pretty slim. Are they slim or are your odds greater? I don't know. Because you're somebody question. who attracts lightning, something like that. I have a website for you, Houdini.com. Oh, really? Houdini.com was started by three women, two of whom were major players in, on the networks like Good Morning America and uh, the Today Show. And... They wanted work, you know, with Barbara Walters, producer. I mean, they these are very these are women who have been in the business a long time, and they decided to start their own website called Houdini dot com. And Joanna Breen, Shelley Lewis. I don't know if the names are familiar, but anyway, these are ladies who have you know produced these shows for for CNN. Um, you know what it is? If you go to the website, I know you don't have your computer with you, do you, because you're in Rochester? I, you know, I do, but it doesn't work in Rochester. I need to find a new location. <laughs> well, it should work in Rochester. Isn't Rochester supposed to be one of those technologically... It doesn't work in the house that we are in. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, get a get a, a, a computer, because Houdini.com is described... They describe it as life's little instruction manual on the net. And what they've done is they've put together, and it's a very easy website to navigate, they've gone in, they've videoed all of the same people or the caliber of people in all the different categories, health and wealth and wine and how-tos, you name it. They've done videos of women, doctors, lawyers, about how to do whatever you need to do, just the same kind of stuff they have on the Today Show, except you can just click on anytime you want and click onto the video, and like you know, I, I was the other day trying to figure out how to steam a lobster. I'm from Maine; I should know that by now. You should know that. But I, I had forgotten. Like, if you have a five-pound lobster, what do you do? How long do you cook it? But it's that kind of stuff. Well, it's anything. It's it's just it's. I hope it catches on. Cause and did you find the answer to it on that website? Uh, no, because I, I, I <laughs> that was before the fact. Uh, before I learned about the website, but then when Got I did, it, okay. yeah, then when I actually talked to Shelley Lewis, then I thought, well, that would be a perfect thing for that. But anyway, she describes herself. This is Shelley Lewis, Shelley Lewis, one of the founders of Houdini.com, as a self-described info pig. She calls herself an info pig. That's which, funny. Yeah, but uh, it's a very cool website. Actually, she, do you remember Lauren Fix? I've had her on the show. I do. I remember she, the name. Lauren Fix is the fix-it lady for cars, and she's written several books. She has her own show, She's and she's really getting big. Anyway, she's going to be, she, her video is what's going to be on Houdini.com, you know, how to fix cars and stuff. Excellent. And I was thinking, Lauren, that I was going to take a course at, when I got home. No, you're not. 
On how to fix your car? Yeah. I'd like how to do all that stuff. I think you should do one on how to cook a lobster before you do how to fix your car. Why? Because fixing, I mean, it's not that Lobsters are much more delicious. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to fix my car. I just want the information. And I have, I'm, I'm really thinking about this. You need to have, or you need to, I think when you acquire new bodies of information all the time, that's what keeps your brain like really working and I totally agree with you, but that topic just doesn't do anything for me. Well, that's why it's a challenge. It doesn't do anything for me either. That's right, why well, I want to do it and tell me how it is. Uh, so, what would you <laughs> want to do? Okay, let's say. I mean, you, you know, you're a business coach. You're on the radio. You do all kind. You know, um, you're all over the place. You give lectures, et cetera. So, pick something. And it, I want to learn how to sail. Uh, and well, that's easy. A sailboat. Yeah, it's not easy. It's hard to do. I want to take a, I want to take that weekend course where you're only women and you get on this boat and you don't you leave the pier or whatever and you don't come back. You leave land and you don't come back for three days. And where? by the end of the three days, you learn how to do it. Where is that? Where can you take that course? All over the country, all over the world, actually. But they're based in Baltimore, Maryland area. So wherever there's water, you mean they have like yeah, they have like they they have spots. They have courses or yeah, courses. I guess it is where they. Set them up to trainings, or you find the training that in the location you want and the time frame that you want, and they have a three day and a five day and a ten day, and you can do it like in the Mediterranean Sea too. That's where I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Baltimore. I go to Baltimore to visit my mom. I, I was thinking the Keys or something would be cool because the water's warm and yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So, I mean, Mediterranean would be gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, I, I think a... that's a ten day though. I'm not sure about for a ten day. Yeah, see, I could do a 10-day. I'm in a position where I'm free to do that, so I could do a 10-day in the Mediterranean. Okay, sailing, but that's physical. What about mental? What about something that's strictly in your mind, like you want to... Um, I want to learn how to be better at PR, and that's like I have this book in front of me, sitting right here in front of me, so that's I'm like burying my head in the book at this, uh, you know, this trip, this particular trip. Why do you think you need to be better at PR? Are you? Uh, it's time I have this new service that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks rolling out. So we can't talk about it now because it's premature. But, you know, I have this exciting new thing I want to roll out, and I need to tell the world about it. So I just want to be top-notch. So, you know, I've hired this top-notch PR coach, and um, I feel like I don't know. I'm not a pro, you know, so I have to learn more there. Well, do you need a plan the same way as you need a business plan for, like, when you're doing uh, You do. You need a plan and you need your tools. That's what I'm learning. So I'm like, well, what are the tools? I don't know. Press release, what else, you know? I'm trying to figure it out. PR. I always thought you were good. Uh, I think. Are you there? Catherine? Hello? Are we on the air? Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Join Gina Alzade every Wednesday for Journey with Gina. This program explores the modern-day issues that affect the body, mind, and spirit, aiming to help you gain and use critical life skills to overcome your challenges with grace and ease. Aim to come into your own power and make a difference in your life and the lives of those around you. Manage your stress and life transitions and create balance and harmony in your life. Journey with Gina is heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. I have a dream. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celestia Renese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. 
It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks, teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple everyday moments like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Join Gina Alzade every Wednesday for Journey with Gina. This program explores the modern-day issues that affect the body, mind, and spirit, aiming to help you gain and use critical life skills to overcome your challenges with grace and ease. Aim to come into your own power and make a difference in your life and the lives of those around you. Manage your stress and life transitions and create balance and harmony in your life. Journey with Gina is heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. I have a Great guests, great stories, great listening. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with a microphone, and uh, you're listening to Voice America Women's Network with uh, Catherine Zox and Lauren Beller. Uh, are you there, Lauren? I'm here. Are you there, Catherine? <laughs> I'm here. I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure when we were on the air and when we were not on the air, so just uh, you just have to make the assumption that we are always on the air. Uh, and I don't know if they heard us, but our next guest, I'm going to say it again, folks, The Marriage Benefit, that's the uh, author of um, The Marriage Benefit, Mark O'Connell. He's Ph.D. He is a psychologist and a clinical instructor in psychology at Harvard Medical School and Cambridge Hospital, so he comes with very high credentials and um, and also something very controversial right Lauren the marriage benefit because today marriage gets a really bad rap it does I think it really does yeah so especially when you speak to I think women over 40 you know over 40 <laughs> <laughs> it's true women over 40 uh, well he talks about in the book that one of the things that happens as you get older which is a good thing for women over 40 and men at re- and relationships that women, uh, their, testo- their estrogen levels go down, and this, as, as that occurs, their testosterone levels go up. And men, their testosterone levels go down. So they kind of get more equal. And, you know, men are not sort of equal in terms of how much sex they want, because usually when men are younger, and this is, I know, a big generalization, but there is that male testosterone, um, they tend to want sex more often than women. Can I say that? I mean... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's a true statement, don't you think? Yeah, and women like to cuddle and affectionate and touch and kiss and do all kinds of stuff, but not necessarily have intercourse. So, But what happens is when men and women start to... This is a positive thing. When they start to get into their 40s, uh, their testosterone levels equal out somewhat, and so that's a good thing. It helps them in their relationships because they have, you know, they kind of want more of the same things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's one perspective, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or older men tend to then want to go out with younger women. I don't know. There's just lots of different combinations today, but it's just interesting that uh, Dr. O'Connell has a... He presents a very realistic picture of the benefits of marriage. It's not just like this Pollyanna kind of stuff. Um, It's very, but you know what? There was something else I've got here. I wanted to tell you about this thing because it's, uh, have you ever seen the website butterbehappy.com? You have all these crazy websites. No, I've <laughs> never seen that. Butterbehappy.com, and it's B U T T E R B E E happy.com. It's a new 
site, and this is also based, they say, on Harvard research. Research and it promises users that um, that would be you and I will be happier by simply jotting down five happy thoughts a day. You think that's possible? Absolutely. You get up you don't in the think morning. That's possible? Yeah. You mean to come up with five happy thoughts a day? Yes, five yeah. happy thoughts a day. Easily, you can do that in an hour every hour. Yeah. <laughs> If you focus on it. Yeah, but it's supposed to make you happy. Oh, you know, in other words, doing it makes you happy. Doing it makes you happy. Just the process. If you wake well, up in the morning, I think you that's write. probably true just because it has us put our attention. It's like, you know, our big fish principle, you know, give energy to that which you want to grow. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's what they say. I mean, I don't think it's that simple, though. I mean, it's better to break I think down. it starts with that. I think it starts changing one's attention. I don't. I hear what you're saying. It's not. It's not that simple. But it's a great exercise. Yeah, it's a great exercise. Better doing that. Get up, write five happy thoughts rather than get up and write five dismal thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> All the awful stuff. Um, so anyway, but that, it's a little too simplistic. And um, anyway, our next sometimes our, simple is good. Sometimes our guest like today simple. is here. He's our. He is our only guest today, actually, Lauren, uh, Mark O'Connell, Ph.D., The Marriage Benefit, The Surprising Rewards of Staying Together. And if you're just joining us, Dr. O'Connell is clinical instructor in psychology at Harvard Medical School and Cambridge Hospital and has had 25 years of, of experience working with individuals and couples. So he knows about what he speaks, and he's also married and has three children. Uh, and lives in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, fairly close to where I am here out in Provincetown, Mass. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Dr. O'Connell. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just finished your book yesterday, and uh, it's a really good book, I have to say, because I was a little skeptical. I mean, I want to—I have to kind of give you background on myself and my... Oh, and good. I'd like my, to hear. Which, yeah, <laughs> you're the psychologist. Uh, no, I was married for 20 years and then got divorced yeah. and then have been with a my partner not married, monogamous relationship for 20 years. So that's a little bit different because we're not married, but we are definitely a couple. Well, you know, I, I in writing this book, have decidedly didn't want to write a you-should-be-and-stay-married book, and I also decidedly didn't want to write a one-should-be-married-within-all-of-the-conventions-of-society book. I, I really wanted to write about just the, the power of sustained intimacy. And... Uh, and what that can what that can actually do for us? I, yeah, I what think can we, that do for us? Because that I mean that that that, I, that was the premise of the whole book. Yeah, I, because, you know, I, yeah. I think that we we live in a, a culture in which I, I believe we are just increasingly uh, inundated with uh, with a kind of mindset that that takes us away from things that are valuable and and more sustainable in terms of what is meaningful and happy to us. You know, we have this sense of of uh, omnipotence that. Uh, we should have whatever we want whenever we want it. Um, that if something's not working, we ought to be able to just trade it in. And you know, there's a wonderful uh, story in Julian Barnes' History of the World in Ten and a Half Weeks about a guy who dies and he thinks he's gone to heaven because he's in a place where he can have whatever he wants whenever he wants it. And it it takes him about three days until he learns that he's in hell. Um, the idea being that nothing means anything if there's not some sense of limit and constraint and, and tension. There has to. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like no, precisely. Yeah. And, I, I, and I think you know, there are a lot of different things I'm trying to write about, but maybe at the heart of it, it is that. It's about struggling. That's a perfect word, tension. It's about struggling with these kinds of tensions. And, uh, and not only doing that because it's a morally good thing to do, but actually doing it because that's how we grow. And I think that one of the problems today, and you refer to this in the book too, that, I mean, we feel like we need to be happy all the time. Right. It's all about me. There's a kind of narcissistic quality that I have to be, my needs come first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when you get into a, a relationship, a marital relationship, none of this stuff works. I mean, uh, and so you actually show us, I mean, l- let's talk about those. You, you talk about resolutions. Ver- right. um, yeah, you have six I think there are, there are eight of them, eight, eight, eight intimate resolutions. I, I call them... I call them resolutions, even though the language of the day is intentions, um, because I, I think that there's a way that that word intentions, as it's found in The Secret and some of those popular books, actually captures the very problem that we're talking about. I, I just can't get behind the idea that if you think something, it will happen. I, I, uh, my experience in life, at least as far has been that you have to have those thoughts, but it, life also involves a fair amount of hard work. 
And most of the solutions we make are personal. They're imperfect. Um, but it's really the effort to make them that ends up being meaningful, not some ultimate result of getting there in some magical way. So I, I really wanted to write about them as things that people struggle with together and that they don't have to achieve in some kind of perfect way and that they don't have to achieve in some way that is just following the advice of some guru, because I think everybody's path to doing these things is, is ultimately very personal. And, and I think that resolutions versus intentions is really important, because resolutions for me, and it's scary, though, because resolutions for me has more of, like, it's commitment. Intentions, yeah. like you say, well, it's funner, it's like, you know, I really need to do the right thing, and if I do fine, and if I don't, it's okay, but resolution is more like, you know, I need to be working towards doing the right thing. Yeah, no, I like the way you put that. It's like, like really being willing to put it on the line and say, you know what, this actually matters to me. It will bother me if I don't get it. I, I'm willing to put something into it to try to get it. You know, to really put yourself on the line to try to achieve something. Yeah. Celebrate your differences. That's one of them. Talk about that. Because most yeah. people don't celebrate their differences. They're all, that's what they go into marriage therapy usually, isn't it? Because they are different, and um, that's, that's, the, one, that's the major difficulty in the relationship. Uh, yeah, although uh, I, think, I think it can be. I think people also get in trouble from being similar. You know, I think. What, what I mean by this is um, something that's a little bit different from that Mars and Venus stuff, which I, I think ends up, and I, this may sound harsh, but I, I think it ends up being a bit artificial, and I think that that's a way of thinking about differences that we can hide behind. I'm, I'm actually talking about something that is in a way just simpler, which is the fact that we are ultimately different people. Uh, which means that we don't control each other. We don't have the kind of power over each other that we, we wish we would. I, I think that, that one of the basic things that happens time and time again in a long-term intimate relationship, at least after the honeymoon phase wears off, is that, is that people, A, get scared of just being real and open with each other, and then in doing that, B, start to make lots of assumptions about who each other are, both positively and negatively, as a way of kind of just muting the reality of being with a separate person whom we don't control. But, I Mark, think, isn't I think it really scary? I mean, maybe I'm just projecting myself, but it, it's scary to be intimate with somebody else. It's really scary to kind of let down those barriers. I mean, I think yeah. sometimes, even if you want to, and I think you point this out in the book with the different case histories, I mean, couples who would like to do that or intend to do that don't because of all the stuff from their own childhood yeah. that gets in the way and prevents them from being intimate with their partners. Right. It's really hard to do. And, you know, we, we have this idea that in long-term intimacy people get bored with each other, and I just really don't believe that. I think what happens is that people can feel bored, but it's, it's more because they're scared of staying open the more that somebody matters to them. All right, so give us an example of, you know, because you have some great examples in the book, I mean, the, of the uh, several couples um, uh, who kind of illustrate the point you just made. Yeah, okay. So uh, off the top of my head, let's say, let's say a, a man and a woman come in, and, and the man is, is talking about um, uh, having an assumption about his wife that, that she just doesn't care about him, she doesn't try, she's not interested in him sexually anymore. Uh, he may even take it a step further and start interpreting her that she's just, you know, because of her mother or her father or whatever, she can't uh, be warm and responsive. And as we start to talk about it, it, it becomes really clear that, you know, that actually this, this guy is really scared of, of the sort of openness, the vulnerability, the, the responsibility of, of being with somebody who really knows him. And perhaps he's made all of these assumptions about his wife that are actually ways of kind of categorizing her and imagining that he knows her. But it's really a kind of false knowing. It's a knowing that's in the service not of actually knowing, but of controlling. His wife, in turn feels completely unknown and feels completely controlled, and under those circumstances, why in the face of God's green earth would she feel sexual desire for her husband? So, of course, she's you know, feeling more cold and distant, and, and that's a cycle that the two of them have to, for example, un unwrap a bit in order to be more real and open with each other over time. And you talk about the fact that change involves choosing. You actually have the choice to make the changes, and, and I, I think a lot of us don't realize that or don't feel it or don't understand our, our uh, responsibility, I guess, yeah. in making the choice to change. I, I, uh, I appreciate a lot of the things you're picking up on there. There are many of the things that mattered most to me in writing this. Yeah, I, I think we have um, some very odd ideas about what it takes to change and what it means to change. And I think, I think it's one of the 
problems with self-help. We, we have this idea that A, change is easy, and B, that it, you know, that we can change ourselves in these huge ways. And I just, I don't really quite believe that. I, I believe that all changes are deeply personal. They take a lot of work. They take a lot of commitment. And at the end of the day, I think the changes we make in our lives and our relationships are actually relatively small. Now, that can sound terribly pessimistic, but the good news in that is that those small changes have huge influences on how our lives feel. I mean, we live our lives in the margins of what we can control, and, uh, and those margins are really important. And another, just to add to the change, change can be painful, and that's, and that's a positive thing. It's okay if you're in pain when you're making the changes. You bet. You know, I think that... Um, yeah, I, I, as I've gotten older, I've come to believe that, that just about every problematic we de- decision that we make in our lives is way underneath at the bottom based on an unwillingness to tolerate just certain realities that we find painful. So we move in a direction either impulsively or to get away from something, thinking that we're making a choice, but really we're running away from wrestling with something. I mean, yeah, so and you tell me a minute left but for the break, and when we come back, I want to talk about this because you... I mean, this is, I sort of honed in on this. You talk about the fact that uh, there's some. We expect there's some great master plan for us that is like yeah. uh, you know, and it's like a, and it's a great one and it's a good one. But there is mm-hmm. really no master plan that's, yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. um, you know we we just have to be thankful for each day. But anyway, we'll be back in a few minutes. We're talking to Mark O'Connell, Ph.D., clinical instructor in psychology, Harvard Medical School, and Cambridge Hospital, and author of The Marriage Benefit, The Surprising Rewards of Staying Together. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show on Voice America Women's Network with Lauren Beller. Don't go away. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. We all have issues, parenting, addictions, disorders, anxiety, stress. How do we expand on what's working and improve what's not? Let Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson bring you a high-energy approach to personal growth and creative life change. Listen every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Women's Channel. Let Beth bring you back to sanity with a blend of humor and perspective so you can make the change you need. Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, here on Voice America Women's Channel. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Are the days passing by faster than you can believe? Do your kids, job, pets, family, errands, and life demands leave no time left for you? Listen to Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum each week. You can have it all, balance it, and truly enjoy your life. Be ready to have fun, laugh, and learn from celebrities and everyday heroes. We don't need an entire life overhaul, just a little bit of tweaking for our lives to be what we want. Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Women's Network. Your life is waiting for you. Finally, radio that has real depth. Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Catherine Zox Show, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Beller, on Voice America Women's Network. Joining us this morning is Mark O'Connell, Ph.D., clinical instructor in psychology, Harvard Medical School and Cambridge Hospital, and author of The Marriage Benefit, The Surprising Rewards of Staying Together. Um, what were we talking about before we took the break, Mark? We were talking about... Master uh, plans. We were what? I didn't hear you. Master plans. Master plans. We somehow think there's some great master plan for us, and when we get thwarted either by our partners or well, we're talking in this case we're talking about our partners, um, yeah. then we're like, you know, we didn't deserve this. We deserve yeah. better. Yeah. 
You know, uh, one of maybe two or three central premises that I really wanted to get across in, in writing this is the idea that, that the lessons we learn in committed intimate relationships, and, and when I'm talking about committed intimate relationships, whether formally married or not, whether gay or straight, I mean, I think this applies to all kinds of committed intimacy, that those lessons can generalize to our lives at large. And I, 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 my own experience is that if there's a single lesson that comes from really being intimate with somebody over time, it's, it's really learning the degree to which you don't control them, uh, in which you have to appreciate them to some degree for who they are. It's not that you can't have feelings, wishes, and needs that you talk about, but there is, there's some way that really being intimate with somebody involves giving up this illusion of control that we all have. And that illusion of control is such a part of our culture these days. It's, uh, I think it's behind so much of the blame and recrimination we see. I and mean, there's just this idea that things should go a certain way. And I, and I totally agree, and I think that that not just, obviously, not just in relationships, we think we are in control of everything. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. It's, it's that, also, it's that Western way of thinking, you know, you can overcome yeah. anything, and you're in control of it, and you right. of the outcome, and it, and it is. It's an illusion. It's not true. One thing you address in the book, which really hit home with me, because I'm a baby boomer, uh-huh. uh, that whole issue of getting older, and yeah. like, uh, and getting older you have no control over that, and I think right. that's where sometimes this stuff, this emotional stuff, comes in. You start feeling kind of—I don't want to use the word depressed, like a clinical depression—but it gets to be pretty scary. You know, you know, you have limited time left. How does that fit into a, a, a marriage or an intimate relationship situation? In in, uh, in one simple way, I, I think we help each other with that by being mirrors uh, for each other. You know, when when you look in the mirror, you you see. You see in your partner, you see time. You see the time you spent together. You see how old you are. Sometimes you see it in a way that uh, is actually more real than when you look in an actual mirror. And I, and I think it's something that people, people can hold together. You know, I think as part of this culture that we're talking about, we, we have this idea, among other things, that we shouldn't get older. You know, I mean, so much of plastic surgery and of all the things that we're seeing out there are, are about that. And uh, we don't have the sense that always in life, and I, this is one of the central things I believe in, we, we find meaning and purpose, not, not despite the realities of our lives, but actually through them. If we didn't have these realities, nothing would mean anything. But we have to find a way to take a more kind of positive, thoughtful approach about what these constraints mean to us. And I think we can help each other to do that in our relationships. You mentioned in the book that, uh, and I, I had to laugh, kind of, I have one of my sons who's well, he's in his late 20s. Uh-huh. We're talking about, like, what is love? I mean, he's yeah. not married, and uh, but he's had a long-term relationship with a yeah. woman. And he said, well, it's really shared experiences. And then yeah. I was reading your book, and that's one of the things that you mentioned. I thought, boy, he's a wise kid. I mean. Uh, that's great. <laughs> good for him. He's young yeah. to know that. And good for mom for teaching him that. And right? good for mom, too. Yeah, I want some credit <laughs> here. But you know what else you say? We're the first generation, and I don't know if this is in the beginning of the book, first generation to die before we actually grow up. What do you yeah. mean by that? Right. I, I, uh, it was an effort to capture something about this, this craziness of, uh, of our baby boom generation and what we're, what we're facing as we get older. You know, we, I, I think so much of the message that we've gotten is that we're the center of the universe, you know, both in America, uh, in terms of our moment in time, in terms of all of the advantages of our culture, in terms of all of the messages we get about our omnipotence. And, you know, if you think about it, probably the single greatest factor in being able to get older creatively and well is to not despair as, as, as time grows shorter, you know, as you feel your place moving off of center stage more, um, you know, as you find yourself electing a president, possibly, but who's not from your own generation or beyond that. And, and I think that, you know, that challenge to be able to really... Actually, not, I have to respond to that one. I, <laughs> I hope we elect him and not the one that's in the other generation. <laughs> well, I, I do, too. But, I, but I, you know, and maybe I'm, o- maybe I'm overly worried about these things, but I, I actually think it is going to be a complicated thing for some folks from, our gen- from my generation, I'll speak for myself, to vote for somebody who's younger than we are. You know, because, it, because of the underlying meanings of what it means to say, okay, it's, it's somebody else's turn. We just haven't had, to, we haven't had to deal with that. And yet so much of getting older and of being truly generative is about being able to say, you know what, it's somebody else's turn, and to find meaning in that. But another thing is, though, isn't it hard to find our place? Because we are not only living longer, 
yep. and but healthier and we're more viable. And so, where do we go? I mean, you know, at seventy-five, you may we still are ready. We we don't want to give up. We don't want to, as you say, move off of center stage. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I you know it's funny because I was just uh, I was with my mother who's ninety four. She would kill me if I said that but I out loud. But <laughs> it's true. Your mother's like my mother, and I've said she's eighty five, and she gets furious at me. <laughs> but you know, my mother and I were we were basically we were digging a ditch together because I was putting in an irrigation system. And uh, at one point, I looked over at her, and she had this big pickaxe, and it was overhead, and we'd been working out there for about four hours, and I was thinking, you know, I, I'm tired. I actually would like to get a glass of water. And I looked at my mother, and I, she wasn't going anywhere. And I, <laughs> I realized, there's no way. I can't stop now. She's still going. You know, I think, I think we find, you know, she was incredibly tired at the end of the day, but I, I think that there's something about keeping to find these moments of life, even if it's not the same all the time, it just is so refueling and vitalizing. But we have to, if we're going to do that, also know that the larger fabric of our lives is changing. And do it, of course, and back to the premise of the book, and doing it, and do, this is doing it with a partner. But at what point <coughs> would you, let's, I mean, I was married for 20 yeah. years and got divorced. And um, at what point do you, are you, do you think, well, it, when it doesn't work, when you know it doesn't yeah. work, how can you tell the difference? You know, I, I, I really was glad by, uh, about your introduction, which allowed us to talk about different, just different ways that people lead their lives. And that for me to say that this is not a book about staying married no matter what, because I, I, I really believe that if this, everything I'm saying has to have any power, we have to understand that it's an ongoing choice that we make. I, I think that for, for everybody, that, that's going to be a, a question that's going to be answered personally and, and differently. But, but two things that I've noticed uh, over the years that tend to be relative deal breakers. I mean, I think people can get through all kinds of crazy stuff together if they have feelings, if they have some intensity, if they care, and if they have some commitment to working on things. It's it just, you can hear the wildest stories about what people have done, and people end up having a good relationship after them. I, I think that when people don't care, that's a real problem. That's hard to, you know, when, there's, it's, when it's really dead, that's not so good. And I think the other piece is if, if, if one or both people aren't in any way willing to really take a look at their part of something, if they're just parts of themselves that they're just dug in about, that they're not willing to at least consider making negotiable, that's a tough one, too. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the couples in the book, um, I think the... the I forgot which one had an affair, or you talk about having yeah. affairs. And that doesn't did, have yeah. to be something that ends a relationship. Yeah. Uh, and there are couples who both of them have been uh, supposedly faithful, or they've never yeah. had affairs, but at the same time, like you say, they really don't care about each other, and those right. relationships can break up. Right. You know, it's funny, I, I, uh, not absolutely universally, but, but more often than not, when people come in, you know, they always have a leading complaint. And over the years, one of the things that worries me the least is an affair. I mean, I, and I don't mean that it's not a big deal, and I don't mean that there's not a lot of pain, and I don't mean to minimize it. I just, I just mean in terms of ultimate outcome. It, it just doesn't have to be a death knell. It's really more about where that affair came from and what it means about one or both people. That, that's, the, that, that's what matters in all of this. Yeah, because I think because. So, Many people, you know, believe well. You know, that's that's the end of the relationship if you right. had, a, had an affair or been on Facebook. But that's not really true. Yeah. Um, caring, I guess, is what you're saying. You really have yeah. to care about one another. I mean, that's the real thing. I mean, it's easy if someone is, you know, really abusive or drinking or right. drugs and that kind of stuff. That's. But it's the stuff in the middle because 50 percent of the Americans are getting divorced, right. and what 60 percent of second marriages end up in divorce. Yeah, I think that's right. So, do we not care? What are we doing? What are we not doing? You know, uh, some percentage of folks who end up divorced, I, I assume, are making the right choice. Uh, and then I think there's another percentage of those folks who are are probably making the choice for the wrong reason. And, and it's, it's that group of people whom I wish to talk to. You know, I, I think that so often when we choose to leave somebody, we, um, we make that choice, at least initially, because there is some part of ourselves that the relationship is engaging that we can't stand to look at. Now, once we've looked at that, 
we might still want to leave, but at least we owe it to ourselves to look at it first. You know, it's funny. I think, I think there's this neat kind of uh, oh, dynamic in, in the chemistry of romantic attraction where it, it's almost as if we are attracted to people who are going to have a relationship with some of the most complicated and difficult parts of our own self, I mean, those parts of ourself that we least want to look at. And so it's almost built in that we are going to get into difficult places together. And it's not a problem to get into those difficult places. It's, it's what we do with them when we get there. It's how we resolve them. And as you yeah. say, face your fears. You've got each one of us in the relationship, we have to face our own fears. And that's yeah. scary stuff, yeah. Um, You've mentioned that a couple of times. And I, I, uh, I think the matter of fear, and again, as I've gotten older, I've, I've increasingly come to believe that that's a central feeling that we actually don't spend enough time acknowledging just how scared we are. I, I think you talked about it in terms of being scared of being intimate, and I, and now we're talking about it in terms of being scared of really knowing one's own self and the parts of oneself that one is, you know, builds a your life around trying not to know. So much of who we become is in some ways a result of being afraid of things. Well, I, I recommend the book. It's a great, really, to all my listeners, and I, they can go online and... Uh, Order it online, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Mark, do you have uh, your own website that we can go to? I, I do, uh, www.marcoconnellphd.com, um, well, with no apostrophe. Terrific. It's been great having you on the show oh, today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Catherine. And it's a pleasure to talk to you. The Marriage Benefit, the Surprising Rewards of Staying Together. Mark O'Connell, Ph.D., Clinical Instructor in Psychology, Harvard Medical School in Cambridge, Hospital. By the book, it's a great book. We're going to take a short break, and Lauren and I will be back in a minute. Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Fox, your social worker with a microphone. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? Should I stay where I am and wait for you? Or go to Grandma's house since it's closer? Shouldn't we pick a place to meet? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? How do we keep in touch with each other if the phones don't work? Should I be worried how we all get home? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network let's sing that new song my music track from a modem jack, jack, jack plays MP3s, threes, threes, and I download fast, fast, fast. I read the bits, bits, bits on the microchips, chips, chips, and I burnt, burnt, burnt all my favorite hits, hits, hits. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in technology, but parents can help keep them updated. Go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
Marketing. Catherine Dock with Lauren Beller on Voice America Women's Network. So, Lauren, uh, Dr. O'Connell had a lot to say. He did have a lot to say. But yeah. And how did, I loved what he had to say. How did that fit into you? You've been married and divorced also. And um, how did that fit into your... <laughs> I think that he... Well, first of all, I like the non-traditional perspective. And he, I think he pushes people to be better at being themselves in a relationship. So, to me, it fit a lot. I mean, I think... I don't See, know. It all has to, yeah, expectation. Don't we have this expectation that we think everything should be perfect? I mean, there is and, that... And being the center and we deserve, and it's so funny because I just wrote an article about that last week, actually. You know, that we're, I think that we're coming out of the whole I deserve piece. I do think that I was raised that way, that I deserve, you know? Not only I deserve, but I also, I think it, there's that, and I'm going to add to that, it's not just I deserve, but it's also... I can do anything I want to do, and you know exactly. what? You can't do anything you want to do. And it was done in, 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 in good form, and maybe it was a reaction to our parents' generation or my parents' generation where you know it was much more rigid and conservative and you know confining in terms of what women particularly were able to do. But now you can't do everything you want to do. I mean, no, you can't. I mean, if I, I can't be a nuclear physicist. I don't think even if I really tried, <laughs> I would not be able to. I, I couldn't do that. I mean, that's maybe an, you know, an extreme kind of thing, but you just can't have it all. Yeah, it's interesting. I, so I did agree with a lot of what he said. I also loved when he was talking about the whole assumptions, that so many relationships are based on assumptions. You know, so true. Like, you think you know somebody, but you really don't, because you just assumed and never stopped to be really curious about it. And you never ask. and Never and ask. And you're afraid to ask, aren't you? I mean, sometimes because that's an intimate. That's being intimate. Yeah. Or the person's afraid to answer. However, you might ask 15 different ways, but you might not get an answer too. That's a whole other conversation. But it is, you know, not not sharing truly who we are with our partners. But I think that's scary. It's scary for me. I, I mean, I'm I to like because the, the more intimate, kind of like the more intimate you get, the more the closer you get with somebody. You know, you really are making your that commitment's getting stronger, and that emotional commitment. You, you know, not whether you're married or not married, but I mean, it doesn't it's, matter. Yeah, yeah. which was a good point of his. It doesn't matter. It's about the commitment to the relationship. Yeah, and after I read his book, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was like I had finished the book yesterday, and then something happened with with Barry, my partner, and he did something that usually I can't remember what it was that annoys me, and I really thought about it. Being the perfect person I am, I mean, and I, I was about to say something, and I kind of, and I thought about, you know, what he, you know, this, in the book, you know, about, um, and I didn't say anything, and 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 I asked him, you know, like where did that come from? And we started talking, and it was very different than me starting attacking. So different, yeah. And again, he points to that would be controlling, like don't do that, or you know, do it this way or not this way. It's you know the differences. I love. I just. I thought it was he was great, and I love that he's just got such a different perspective on what a relationship really is. I mean, if you read the case histories in his book, and you, um, I mean, get the book because um, I'm going to get it. If I just wrote it down, I wrote it down when he was talking. Yeah, and he's and he these case histories are interesting because he has. I mean, he has his his clients. He's in in Boston, so he has you know very well educated clients um one of the and and you know who are willing to work and who stay in therapy and um some of them for two years and some of them come back which is another thing you can do just because you finish one sort of phase of your therapy for two years i mean you come back for a refresher i think that's always a good thing to do i think that always is so i'm curious i don't have a clock in front of me so you you're you're guiding here What's the, it, what was the first inclination when you finished reading that book to say or do to Barry? What was the different way, the new way? Well, the new way, curious? first of all, was he had done something that I didn't like, and my first inclination is always, I mean, to criticize. Well, why did you do that? Uh, you know, what like, was the new thing to do what did, after reading the book? Just the let it go. Let it go. And I thought about, well, why does he, you know, why did he say that? Uh, you know, where does that, where's that coming from? Um, and because it is, he's, he, he has good intentions, he loves me, he's not trying to do something to hurt me. And, and even if that's the result, but he's not, let's talk about it, like where is it coming? And, and so it just opened up a dialogue, I think. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, 
yeah, that's what happened. I mean, it's just instead of me just kind of, you know, you have these automatic responses, I think, or at least <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I do, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I just get really short, and I just say nasty things, and I'm just a horrible person. <laughs> But I love myself. Well, he keeps uh, saying you are so nice. He said, I wish I were, Barry always says to me, I wish I were as narcissistic as you are. Uh, he says that? Yeah. He so good. That's yeah. such a great line. But it's true. And I, yeah. <laughs> I do something that's sort of half-assed, and I think it's wonderful. He does something that's, like, really incredible, and he doesn't think it's good enough. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. You know, you need a balance. You do need a balance. Yeah, so which one are you? Or, or, or well, I'm more like you. I can be very critical and controlling. And not controlling is not the right word. Like, I, I have a vision of what it should be like, and if it doesn't fit that vision, it throws me off. Yeah, this is the way it should be, the should. Exactly. Yeah. You. But I'm very easygoing at the same time. Like, I do, like, go with the flow. Whatever, you know, here we're here in Rochester. I have no clue our plans. Does my husband? Absolutely. Is he designing them with his friends? Absolutely. Will I go along with it? Most likely. You and I are very similar in that way. I mean, that whole issue of control, but then at the same time, the other side is you like, you're a risk taker, you like to do different things, so you like to expose yourself. You don't want to be in a box. And no. So you open yourself up to, like, different experiences. Of course, because to me those experiences have value, which I think your son, by the way, is brilliant. Yeah, if so he said that before you read the book, and I he hasn't read the book. I know. So I, so I do want to have shared experiences, and I'm pretty open about it. I'll, I'll try anything once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so will I. Um, sometimes that gets us into trouble. but Definitely. You know, yeah, right. But... Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though, that sailing thing that you mentioned. I have to do... Oh, I you can do that without me. No way, Missy. Do you want to do it? <laughs> Sir, well, yes, I don't... Go. Yes, I'll do it. And I, will, I won't go... You know what? I won't go to the Mediterranean. I'll go to the Key West with you for, what, three days or whatever it is. Okay. Because that's easy. I'd love it. That would yeah. be fun. All right. Do we have a date? I don't have a date. You have to look at their calendar. See, it's not your calendar. It's their calendar. So what do you do? Go online. What is it? Sailing? I mean, what's uh, the women. Um, hold on, I can't think of it. At the women moment. in sailing. Something like this. If you search, I'll find it for you. But I don't have internet access right now, so I feel like I only have one arm. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I'll get it to you. I'll okay. email it to you. Now, do you feel out of control without? See, yes, I, I, I go do. nuts. I go in a box. Well, you know what you need to. Get? I, I see that would drive me absolutely crazy. I mean, I talk about feeling out of control because I always take my little Sony Vio. I have that. Oh, little, I know you do. Yeah and that just keeps me connected. Um, well, I'm going to go down to the local coffee shop and plug in. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. <laughs> and then email me and tell me what that sailing thing is, because I'm will, really I serious will. about it. I'm glad to hear it. And I, you know what? I hate to say this, but I don't want to be a car to, part of the car shop, the car one. You don't? No. You'll be sorry. I'm going to take the car one. I'm going to be I want you to take the car one and tell me the top three important things I need to know about my car. All right. I promise I'll do that. We have one minute left. Anything else <laughs> we, we haven't said? We haven't. Do so, you know, it's the whole thing that's do something different every day, but I really want to carry that like one step further. I want to whole, learn a whole new body of knowledge at least once a month. I think that's brilliant. And pick something that is more difficult. Not some, I mean, sailing is fun. I want to do that, but also something that is more difficult. Uh, it's something that I don't want to do and try to challenge myself. Like cars. Like cars, my dear. 30 seconds. Enjoy Rochester. I will. <laughs> enjoy your beautiful day in the Cape. Yeah, get yourself down to that coffee shop and email me the uh, schedule for the sailing thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to say goodbye. Lauren Beller and Catherine Zox on Voice America Women's Network. Hope you had a good time today. I had fun today. This was a good show. It was a great show. Yeah, okay. Now As always, we always have the greatest guests. We, we do, don't we? Have a great day. Voice America Women's Network, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. We'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversation with Catherine Zox.